Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I'm Kimberly, fully vaccinated Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Steph Walton. Yay, my bestie. I love talking to Steph. You know we love talking to each other and we have so much to say. But before we start the show, I always try to keep these intros short. I do have a tier on Patreon that allows listeners to listen ad-free and with a much shorter intro. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners and it's woman-run. It's patrons who keep the show going. If you enjoy today's conversation, take a look at the about page, check out some of my past guests. You'll see most of the time I talk to political people, but occasionally I interview actors because I used to be one. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. I do two free shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and they're followed up by What's Up with Me, a show for patrons only after each free show. Check out the variety of tier options at patreon.com slash start me up. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I've included a link that allows you to donate through through PayPal. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes slash Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber. It's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. And now please enjoy my conversation with Steph Walton. Welcome back to the show, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. That laugh. <laughs> oh my God. You know, okay, God tell everybody it's Sunday. So we are pre-recording the show. It's going to be released Monday. If there's big news dropping on Monday, you guys aren't going to hear about it on this show. <laughs> so <laughs> you're just going to hear so, some women talking with yeah, no yeah. note. We have no notes. There are no notes for today's show. Who needs notes? <laughs> Why? It's you and me. Hello? <laughs> so how have you been? I mean, I know how you've been, but you need to tell everybody else how you've been. <laughs> um, I've been... I feel like I, I ride a roller coaster. Like, I got to <laughs> tell you, we're 18 months in yes. to life this way. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got two teenage kids. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is applying to colleges in a month. Wow. He's doing great. Mm -hmm. He's doing great. But, you know, there was there was a road there that was not you – know, it, it's tough on kids. Yeah, I'm you know, sure. We're, it, it's really tough on kids. It is. Um, and he's, he's doing – but he's doing really well. Um, my youngest is an eighth grader, and it's her first time in person mm -hmm. at this middle school that she goes to. Right. So she did a whole year um, on a computer – and the camera was off. Let me just make that very clear, because mm -hmm. kids have that option, right? Yeah. And but but, you know, it, it the the transition's been a little tough at times, but mm -hmm. she's doing she's doing great. And you know, my husband is just like the rock, and I am you. Well, you can imagine what I am. I'm you know <laughs> me. You know my You're personality. Yes. I'm, I'm like full throttle, no yeah. or no throttle, right? <laughs> and and I'm also the mom. Yeah. And I work from home, yeah. which my office is in my bedroom, um, and I'm just getting shit done. Yeah. However, it's you know it's tough. So, and so sometimes I'm you know a little cuckoo, but hey, <laughs> I love it. Like I I feel like I'm working um, for something that um, towards and for an organization mm -hmm. towards something and for an organization that makes me feel like really good which for those so. who don't know is Planned Parenthood correct <laughs> for the largest affiliate in the country yeah um here in California yeah northern Nevada um 
Sacramento Davis, Carmel, Santa Cruz, East Bay. So like Oakland, Berkeley, Mm -hmm. uh, Hayward, San Leandro, all the way down to Bakersfield. So like we run the gamut, you know, we've got like the progressive, you know, the bastion of progressiveness all the way down to Bakersfield. Wow. Where, yeah, I mean, like it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. And and it's really crazy right now, given what has happened in Texas. Oh my God. And what's, what's probably going to happen on October 4th at the Supreme Court. Like we are, this is no joke right now. No, it's no joke. And you know, I mean, I've said, I've said to other people that, I mean, I I don't think that Republicans need to keep Roe in place just so they can fundraise off of it. They can get rid of Roe and then they can use it. They can still fundraise off of it by saying Democrats are going to bring back abortion. They can actually even do a better job because now that it's legal or, you know, I mean, it's legal still, but, and then it will just be up to the states. But they're going to kind of make it like, we got rid of it, and the Democrats are going to bring back killing children. So I, I, I know that they can, they can still fundraise off of it. So this whole idea that, oh, we, they're going to keep it to fundraise is bullshit. Because, yeah. I, you know, they, they f- live in their own, they have their own alternative facts. They come up with yes. whatever they want. And they have turned into, I, I mean, I just can't even, like right now, the fucking narrative. I, I didn't read the Breitbart article that had just come out, but basically the gist is Republicans are saying that liberals want them to die of COVID, and the their logic, twisted logic behind it, is that they know that because they do the opposite of what liberals do, so that liberals are getting vaccinated just so they won't get vaccinated and die. What? 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 How do you even fucking come? I mean, these people are fucking insane. But regardless, it's like they they keep like there was a Breitbart article talking about uh, what's his name? Howard Stern. And Howard Stern was like, leave him behind. That's where I am. Leave him fucking behind. If you don't want to fucking get your shot, tough shit for you. I mean, if you I heard that, yeah, I heard yeah, that interview. Huh? If you can't, if you can't do it, that's different. But that's why everybody who can get the shot needs to get the shot. So people who can't get the shot can go out and enjoy their lives. But mm-hmm. I think like the idea is Howard Stern was just basically saying, "Fuck you guys, we're going to leave you behind." And now Republicans are like, "They want us to die." It's like, oh, "Fuck you." We just listen. You have every opportunity to stop this. I hear. I am so sick and tired of reading stories about responsible people, medical professionals who have to put themselves in harm's way every day and treat folks who just aren't willing to get vaccinated. That is what's perpetuating this. That's why there are breakthrough cases. My retired uncle, who was 70 years old, he and my aunt went on a road trip. They live up in Oregon. They've been double vaxxed for since they could be. They came down to see their one of their kids. They came down to see, you know, family uh, that they haven't seen in years, literally years because mm-hmm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. And my uncle got a breakthrough case. Yeah. And granted, because he's double vaxxed, it didn't take him out. Right. And he was on the men. Pre- but then we saw him in our backyard. Yeah. My ch- all of us are vaccinated, but we saw him. And thank God, you know, the, we missed the window mm-hmm. of transmissibility or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know if that's like if I'm using the right <laughs> language, but whatever. We all we all speak COVID now, right? Right. Um, and like it, it just <clears throat> this is this is what's happening. I 
I've had to cut ties with a couple mm-hmm. people who just refuse to get vaccinated because they just think they're above it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, that's or their crazy. genetic makeup doesn't yes. work with vaccines. Like, oh my God, bye! <laughs> Peace! I hope you don't get sick. I really do. Yeah. I want you and your family to stay safe, but you aren't coming around me. Yeah, exactly. And it, that that's how all of us feel who are sane and recognize and who are responsible. And, but you know, I, I understand that like in 1918, there were also the fucking deniers, the science deniers. So this is nothing sure. new. Unfortunately now though, the difference is this is global and it's, there's global anti vax, anti masks, whatever. There's just all over the globe. There are people that are, are denying this or fighting against it. But what's making it worse is social media. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, Bob's always saying human beings were not ready for social media. And I have to agree because I can't even – I said social media and then I fell off. <laughs> social media. <laughs> um, I love social media. <laughs> I mean, for me, obviously, I, I enjoy it very much. In fact, when I was younger, living alone, I remember, like, on a random day, I'd just think some thought and I, I would think it was really funny and I wanted to share it with people. But I lived alone and I had no – you know, social media didn't exist at that point. And I would think, oh, my thoughts are funny and they're wasted or whatever. And so now I get to have those thoughts all fucking day long on Twitter and I enjoy it. You know, I mean, I absolutely enjoy it. And I I have what's so fascinating to me about social media is, you know, I I talked with Billy Baldwin with the other day, which first of all, that's part of it. Like I get to interview fucking actors and people that I would have never thought I could have, you know, had any contact with. But I get to have meaningful conversations with these people. And mm-hmm. and he said, and I saw him tweet this, and I do think it was about his brother. And he did bring his brother up, so I'm not just being, you know, like talking out of my ass or behind his back or whatever. But his brother, Stephen Baldwin, is like a Trump supporter. And so, you know, he said in a tweet that he feels closer to people that he's never met in person but knows on Twitter. And, you know, and so there's good things. You know, you and I, well, we didn't really meet on tw- on social media, but we definitely have kept up a relationship through social media before we started doing the podcast. I met Bob on social media. There have been so many people in my life that I've met on social media. Plus it's just really fun to come up with something and, you know, share your thoughts. But then on the, on the flip side, you've got disinformation, you've got, you know, Russia, China weaponizing disinformation because their goal is to see American democracy fail. And unfortunately, too many of us don't know how to handle. I mean, I just got to say, I just got to fucking say, sometimes I get maybe irrationally irritated. I don't know. But after after a while, when you start seeing repeat uh, offenders, you're just like, oh, my God, if, if I put something as simple as I want pasta to be f- pasta and olive oil to be fat and calorie free just for a fun little i wish because like don't we all right because i just want to yes. i just want to cram my face with with olive oil and pasta and tomatoes and of course basil, basil and garlic and and lose weight that's what i want that's the world i yes. want to fucking live in. but it's like when what, you figure that out will you call around <laughs> me please but i posted this just as a funny joke okay it went viral but not like crazy viral. I don't know. I had more than a thousand likes on it. But people were fucking sending me messages about spaghetti squash or zucchini spaghetti or and I'm <laughs> right, like, oh, right, my right, God, right. I just want to fucking I mean, I wasn't trying to 
change the world with this tweet. I just was complaining that I want to eat more fattening pasta. That's all. And, and then people were like, oh, you should eat this way and you should go keto and you should go. To, and the, it's like, Ugh! and then it was funny because I said to somebody, finally, I replied to somebody. And I, I said something like, I was a, I was an actress in Hollywood. I know how to lose weight. I said that to my gynecologist once, and she just totally didn't get it. But to me, what that means is when you're an actress in Hollywood, you feel more pressured than fucking anybody. And so I knew how to lose weight. Not even not even always in the healthiest way, but I, I, I did know how to lose weight. And I know how to do it in a healthy way. But somebody, somebody said, so, like, they replied to me, and they said, um... I can't remember how they said it, but it was something like, well, I won't take offense to what you said as if like what I said insulted them. Just the fact that I, I know how to lose weight and my, but Why right is that now, offensive? I don't know because people are scroll, just fucking scroll weird. Scroll on, ma'am. I swear to God. It's like, and, and then if you, God forbid, if you like a TV show and someone else doesn't <laughs> like it, oh my God. <laughs> and you know what? I talked to this guy, Michael J. Stern. I love him. He's a former federal prosecutor. He writes for like Newsweek, whatever. And he likes the housewives right so we both watch he watches some of the same shows that i do i only watch a few and it's funny because sometimes i fa literally like fantasize about having a podcast just talking about that show but seriously i would get more haters than i do from politics i know i would for saying you like well just for talking the, about the yeah, women and yeah. criticizing them that, that's hysterical <laughs> <laughs> you know what my kids have done because i know you're a ted lasso Oh my God! Fiend. Yes, yes. Like I honestly, I no, I, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Screw it! I'm just say, say it. it. <laughs> I have genuine love for those characters. I know, me too. And therefore, I have genuine love <laughs> for the actors who play them. I know. <laughs> and I swear to God, we get we get Ted Lasso episodes at 9 p.m. on Thursday because I'm West Coast. Oh, right. When uh -huh. they really don't drop for you until midnight. Uh -huh. on, so it's technically Friday. Right, you get right, the episode. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like what we did with Loki. And yes, I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> I let my kids stay up late on school nights in COVID so they could have some joy in their lives right. and watch all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Yes, I did that. And guess what? I sometimes take a little nap. Yeah prior to 9 p.m. on Thursday <laughs> so I can watch Ted Lasso and I tell everybody fuck off okay <laughs> I'm watching Ted Lasso because none of them watch it with me and I'm like I, I go out of here I'm, I want the living room for it I want to I want it for me yeah and they laugh and they laugh and they go mom's watching Ted Lasso <laughs> oh did my mom tell you to watch Ted Lasso yet she loves Ted Lasso <laughs> and I'm like you guys don't even know what you're missing I know that it's so fucking good. good. That's good for the soul. Yes. And I think I have found uh, uh, some salvation yeah. in Ted Lasso. Well, you're not alone. So I'm, I have to say, though, I got to say. I want to kiss I, them all. I was not a big fan of the Coach Beard one. Did you watch that? Oh, I loved it. Okay, I watched it two times. <laughs> I watch them all two times. I watch it once at nine. And then I usually watch it the next night. Because um, I just want to see what I miss. Yeah. And uh, so at first I was kind of like, where are they going with this? Mm -hmm. And oh my God, it's the three guys from May's Bar and I'm kind of <laughs> feeling it. I did kind of like that. That, went, that was fun. I did like that. And I loved like, okay, I love Coach Beard. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I feel like he's sort of magical. Yes. Like literally, like he might yeah. possess special powers. <laughs> um, and I freaking loved it do we want to say spoiler alert 
Sure, go for so it. So we can talk about it? Yes. I loved it even more the second time. When he, really? When he cut loose and started dancing with Jane Payne. <laughs> that was funny. I, okay, that was funny. I, 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 like, I, I felt like I literally, I think I might have... <laughs> I think I might have actually nodded and gone. Yes. Like like out loud. I, I I was nodding in satisfaction for sure. Whether or not I was talking to myself, I can't remember. Probably. I mean it's me. Um, but yeah, I dug it that I was confused a little bit, like, are we in reality? Is he right. fantasizing? Right, right, he right, was fantasizing right. when the when the people in the TV were talking to him and shit yes. like that, but I freaking loved it. I well, loved it. It wasn't my favorite, but you you know what? I mean, I will admit I did laugh. There, It wasn't horrible. I didn't hate it. It just was not my favorite. And I missed everybody else. I missed Roy Kent because, oh, my God, oh. how much do I love Roy Kent? It's like Bob said, and, of course, I'm going to say it, and it's not going to be as funny. But one of Bob's favorite um, – one of the episodes where Roy – okay, yeah, Roy Kent – that little girl says to him, it was a couple little girls, and they're like, can we have ice cream for dinner? And he goes, no, that's dumb. No. He goes, no, that's, that's dumb. dumb. <laughs> I just love the way he delivers his – and and I said this on Bob's show, though, but I've been watching, like, on YouTube interviews with some of the uh, people from the show, and her name is Hannah Waddingham, the big, tall, oh blonde God, bombshell. Oh, my God. And she was saying about the guy who plays Roy Kent, she was like, oh, my God, he's got the most sweet – like smiley eyes ever in real life because on, on the show he's so stoic and he's very serious and but and it was so funny because then I saw an interview with him where he was himself and he does he's like super sweet and it's like it totally comes from his eyes you can see like the sweetness and this happiness and yes. he's such a good he's such a good actor and then I just got to throw in there it's so funny because Nate reminds me of my brother and as soon as Bob and I saw him, because my brother has kind of like the ra same round face, and they don't look alike, obviously. My brother is white. I don't know. Wh do you know where Nate is from? I don't. Let me IMDb him while you're telling your story. Go continue. But it's, it's just, he, he's so much like my brother, and it was so funny because I, I told my father, I'm like, because my father hasn't watched it, and I looked, I looked up Nate. And I'm like, look at this guy. I'm like, isn't he like Ben? And my dad's like, oh my God, he's just like Ben. <laughs> it's just, just like my brother. And they're, they're both similar in that they are smart. And sometimes, well, I, don't, I can't speak for my brother in his working life because my brother is a fucking brainiac. And he was, he, was on the, he was on a Navy submarine and he was a diver. And you have to be really fucking smart to be a diver, like getting out of the boat and fixing and repairing or however it works. Um, and then, you know, I know he works for a government contractor now, and he's getting his, like, second degree, his second master's degree. So, I mean, the guy's a fucking brain, um, you know, but it's like he, when you meet him sometimes, if you were to meet him and you didn't know any of this, he, it's not that, you know, I mean, it's not that he doesn't come off as intelligent, he does, but he's just kind of sweet and kind of quiet, and you just wouldn't realize, like, oh, my God, he's got this massive fucking brain. It's just mm – -hmm. anyway, so he reminds me of Nate. Did you find out where he's from? Oh, no, but I well, – I mean, he's from Leeds, but I don't, oh, okay. I don't know his ethnicity. Right. I do know that he is a brain, though. So um, Not Nick Muhammad, yeah. Yeah. born in Leeds. Um, on leaving school, he was offered a place at Cambridge University, but instead wow. he chose to study geophysics Interesting. at the University of Durham. Well, he's and then also it just says, a huge Yeah, brain. yeah, he's smart. <laughs> but then he started then he started uh, touring the local comedy 
clubs. Wow. Oh my God. And uh, decided, let's see, did on leaving, he did accept an offer from Cambridge to read for a doctorate in seismology. However, he never completed this course uh, because he joined the Footlights Review and started uh, some BBC producers um, spotted him and offered him a radio job and blah, 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 wow, blah, blah. There he is. Insane. He's a brain. And I love him and I can't wait. We have three more episodes left, right? Know, Before the season's so. over? I think so, yeah. Because that was episode nine, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Okay. We got to bring it around with Nate and we got to know what's going on with Dr. Cheryl Fieldstone. <laughs> yes. Cheryl Fieldstone. Yes. So, you know, Nate's going to get his. We're going to address how mean he was to Will a couple episodes yes. ago. Yes. That's coming. <laughs> and, you know, we know his dad's kind of a dick and yeah. he pushes him really hard and doesn't pat him on the back. Yeah. And no, you know, so, um, but yes, to answer your question, I don't know where he's from other than Leeds. Right. Uh, but I do know that he's smart. But I love him. And I love him and love I love it. the whole fucking show. Um, we have to take a quick break. We're going to be right back after this message. And we're back. Okay, so back to Ted Lasso. Um, <laughs> I just, I love all of them. I, I love Juno. I, do. I don't know her last name, Juno, but the uh, the Juno cute, Temple. She's love. so fucking cute. I love her. And I just love all of them. And you know, it's funny because I, I you know, wasn't sure what I was going to, I had a feeling that I might like the show because everybody was fucking talking about it. And I mean, I knew that the backdrop was sports, which I normally don't care about sports, but it's just the backdrop. That's all it is. Um, and I fully enjoy it. I think it's like the whole, I just love all of it. I love all of it. And I, I did hear that they're considering going beyond season three. So I'm really hopeful about that because I know that they were planning on doing season three and then ending it. So I think they're the popular and people need this show need. Yeah. It's, it's a need because it's just, it's something, what I just appreciate, appreciate about it so much is that it's not sh sugary sweet. It's not like just only feel good and silly. There's a depth to it. There's human sorrow and and pain mm, and real they, shit. Yeah, and it's and they they do such a good job of I think with Ted Lasso it's like look, you can be somebody who has real pain and still be positive and and look for the positive and expect the positive and really that is why we need it because right now we are as a globe but specifically as a nation going through such pain and there is still hope and that's what this show offers us you know it's like look people are good and I, I mean I think I think most people are good but unfortunately we're just getting taken over or I don't know, maybe not taken over, but we're it's it we're being infiltrated with these haters and and mm -hmm. and people who are being programmed to hate with Fox News because you know go back I don't know before Fox News you had haters you had racists and sexists it's not like this is anything new but you know these these right wing radio hosts and the toxic ones and Fox News and all of that it's like it's making it. It's just making it worse. So, yeah, I mean, Ted Lasso is so fucking important. But what's really awesome is now that we are m moving into the fall, there's all these new shows that were kind of like put off because of COVID. They're all coming. And I'm so excited. There's so many. And on October 1st, oh, my God, it's the Sopranos movie. Do you know anything what? about have, you, Do you know anything about it? <laughs> this is the first time hearing of it. Um, and 
oh my god, do you know who's playing Tony Soprano? His actual son in real life, James Gandolfini's son, who looks like him, is playing young Tony Soprano. Who's gonna play Tony? Tony, when Tony's a grown-up man. I don't think they're gonna have that. I think they're just going. I think this is a. It's a, the early years. It's the early years, yes. <gasps> yeah, it's just. Oh. It's a mo- so there's not gonna be any Carm. No. Or if if you there know, if there God, is Carm, then it would be young Carm. It would be somebody else. So it's a, okay. I, I'm totally down. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm really um, excited. You know what? We, my husband good. and I always like to say, just a la Sopranos. Huh. Honey, honey, um, you want me to make you a plate? <laughs> always, always. And then sometimes Zach would. This this is going to sound terrible, but I love it. Sometimes he would take his hand. <laughs> and go under my armpit and like lead me through a crowd on purpose oh. <laughs> like we would and it's so wrong but i was on board with it you yeah, know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. um it, yeah oh my god the sopranos Jeez, such a great that's show. such good news i know i'm so fucking excited and then of course there's cobra kai and I think that's coming in December. In November is a new Dexter series. I mean, uh, what? not series, season. Yes, new Dexter season. And I'm fucking dying. With the guy? Yes. With the three-name and, guy? Yes, and Deb is coming back. I think Who? Uh, Deb, his sister. The sister? She died. But I think, I think she's going to replace the father as the dark passenger or whatever. I don't know if that was the dark passage. Oh my, okay. So I didn't watch, I don't think I watched the last two seasons of Dexter because it just, it just got shit. to be too much. You need to catch up on I, that shit. <laughs> I, I, okay, so that'll give me something to do. But uh, while we're on shows, have you, since you're an Apple Plus person, mm-hmm. you have to be if you're watching Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. um, do you watch the morning show? I love it. And we just watched the first one of second season I last just watched night. the first episode this morning. P.S. Listeners, I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> and I just finished watching the first episode of the morning show. And may I please declare, I love Jennifer Aniston. Oh my God. Me, all of them. All, and you know who, you know who I love and I'm surprised by it is Billy Crudrup. His character love. is fucking amazing. He is so love good. Love him. God, I love him. We just the, watched Almost Famous last night. Oh. I really loved him, man. Let me tell you what. <laughs> I know he was cute, but you know what? When I watched that show, I had a crush on the Jason. Jason, what's his name? Lee. Lee. Jason Lee. Yeah, the, I like. He him. was fabulous in that role. Yeah, I, I said that out loud to the people. Yeah. Oh, I love Jason Lee in this role. That's yeah. that's how I talk now. <laughs> <laughs> but I. That's the I one love, I crushed on. I didn't I love crush Jason on. Lee in this role. I didn't crush on Billy Coulter. But I gotta say, like, oh my god, his. And and I was watching it last night, and I was listening to some of the dialogue from Billy Kudrup, and I, I could almost hear Vince Vaughn saying those lines, and I was like, I'm so fucking grateful they didn't hire him because he, he you know, Billy Kudrup is nuanced and has layers, where Vince Vaughn is not nuanced and has no layers. He's just a smartass, and you know, he was really good in Swingers because that was John, what's his name? His I can't think of his name. Um, his best friend wrote it. Based on his real personality. Favreau, thank you. Based on his real personality. And I think I told you that story, which I'm going to tell you again, because fuck Vince Vaughn. But um, when, I, <laughs> when I was young, I don't know, God, I don't even, it was like in the 90s. So I was still in my late, I was like in my late 20s, and I would go to the Derby all the time. And there was Vince, and he was like, it was before Swingers came out, before he was an actor. And I would see him all the time, he'd be walking around, he's 6'4", and at that time, he had that look. He had the look of um, the, the swinger kind of like. In the hot Las- guy. Yeah. The hot, and, 
cocky guy. Yes, and in Los Angeles, but it was a look that went along with that whole crowd, with that swing music and that and those clothes and everything. And I was in the thick of it. In fact, swingers was my fucking life. That was me. I went to I went to every single one of those bars. We used to see Marty and Elaine at the Dresden all the time. And we went to the parties that looked exactly like the party that was in the movie. It was just exactly the same, only it was with me and my girlfriends. And so um, anyway, I saw I would see Vince and it was so funny because I would swoon and swoon and swoon and I never talked to him. He wasn't at that point famous, so there was this guy who was the bouncer who was also very good-looking. I should tell that story, at least if it's not in this podcast, another one, because it's funny, too. But this guy, he was so gorgeous. He was gorgeous! And actually, I think we went out, and I kind of blew him off. But he was he was the, the, the doorman, I guess. He always dressed like Mr. GQ, and he was very handsome. He saw me swooning, and he comes over, he goes, his name is Vince. <laughs> So uh, at some point, my girlfriend sees Vince walking around, and she's sick of me, you know, just going, oh, my God, he's so cute. And so uh, he, <laughs> she goes, Vince, come here. So Vince comes over, and I'm, like, freaking out. And, and she's like, so, Vince, what do you do for a living? And he goes, I'm an actor. And she goes, oh, my God, what a coincidence. So is Kimberly. And then this goes on, right? And I'm like, I'm just sitting there mm-hmm. like a dumb fucking fool because I don't know what to say. And she's clearly trying to – she's like, Vince – come on, this girl likes you, you know, do something. So I've got my back against the bar and I'm facing him. So he puts one hand on like right by my side on either side of the bar. He puts both hands, I should say, on the bar. So he's got me like right in his, he puts his face right up to mine and he goes, oh, I get it. You like me. And then he walks away. Uh, What a dick. And and it was so funny because I, uh, I watched an interview. Um, I'm trying to remember. Well, yeah, I watched it, and I think it was like a Letterman interview. And he he said, he's like, well, I was surprised that you know that John Favreau thought of me as such a smartass or whatever. It's like, yeah, you're a fucking dick. He's a dick. And then it was funny because there was this like, well, and then the the rest of the story is that okay, so I see, you know, he does this to me, and I, it was humiliating. But I remember at the time, I was shocked. I was just, I was absolutely shocked that he, he did that. And it took a minute for it to sink in. And I, and I felt kind of humiliated. But I also just kind of thought, well, I'm really glad that he immediately showed me who he was. Because, you know, mm. what if he had thought I was pretty and wanted to go out with me and he was really that person? And then I found out later after I, like, invested in him. So I was really, right. uh, and I was young and insecure. So. I was grateful that, you know, and it was like, I just, I thought he was a dick after that. But then it was funny because it wasn't much there, there. I don't know when that was, but sometime later, not long after, my girlfriend's like, have you seen this movie Swingers? And it was already on video at this point. So I don't know the, the time frame between he did that. Maybe it was a year, something like that. But the movie had come out. I had never heard of it. And then my friend who lived in Arizona, she's like, oh, you need to see Swingers. It's so funny. It's so great. So I go rent Swingers. And as soon as Vince came on the screen, I'm like, oh, my God, it's him. And then I watched Mm. the movie and I thought he's going to be a big fucking star. And then like the next day, it was announced that he was going to be in Jurassic Park, the second Jurassic Park. So I knew I knew because he did a good job. And I fucking love that movie. And it's so funny because the last thing I'll say about this is I criticize, you know, I just love to criticize Scott Baio. And I saw Scott Baio in person, and he was a dick. I, was, I worked on diagmo- Diagnosis Murder, and just as an extra. I was playing a nurse, and I happened to be – I was actually 
playing a nurse to get my SAG card. And because I hated doing extra work and I only did it, I think, like twice in my life. And um, so I was on that show and Scott came in and we were in the makeup room and he was such a jerk. I hated him from I hated him. And I didn't have an opinion of him before that. Like he was just, you know, Scott Baio from Happy Days and stuff and Charles in Charge. And I just didn't really care. I didn't think, oh, I love Scott Baio or I hate Scott Baio. I just didn't care. And so he came in and he, he had this attitude of, I am the king. Everyone shall bow to me and, and bow to me. And then like all the makeup artists, the female makeup artists were like acting. I could tell they were acting as if they were hanging on his every word because that's what he wanted. And I, I was so disgusted by him. So I tweeted about that, you know, that encounter and all the fucking MAGA trolls are coming on saying yo you were you had a crush on him and you're just upset because he he didn't like you and it's like no that's not what it is and I told my Vince Vaughn story because it was like okay I did have a crush on Vince Vaughn and he treated me like shit and I still like that fucking movie I still think it's funny and I still laugh when I watch it so uh, fuck you mega trolls but anyway <laughs> just, trolls. just had to talk about my but Vince Vaughn I was, remember, was like so disappointed and my the whole time my mother who had also would go to the derby from time to time you know she was aware of Vince and she also liked swingers but she always insisted that he was not going to age well and she didn't like the way he looked and she was right because he didn't age well and <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> Oh, Lordy, Bagordy. Fuck those guys. But it was funny. I At the Derby, I saw, I saw, um, what's his name? Oh, God. Jo- George Clooney. And he was there with N- Nicolette Sheridan. And, and so it was so funny. Oh, wow. Were they a couple? I think they were. I think they were a couple for a brief period. And so we were sitting, my girlfriend Renee and I were sitting at the bar. And she's like, come on, let's go on the dance floor. And let's just check Clooney out. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how tall he is in real life, but I think, you know, I'm six feet. I was probably wearing at least two inch heels. So I was taller than him, like I am most people. And so we were dancing and it was so funny because George Clooney saw me and I wish I had it on camera, how he reacted to me, because what he did was he's dancing and he's having fun and everything. And it's like, it was almost like his brain said, look to the left because there's a six foot blonde. And so he looks and he, and it's like, he sees my feet. He looks at my head and it was like, he looks at me, he looks at me up and down and then he went right back to his date. But it was like, he had to check me out. He didn't, he didn't give any indication. Like he wasn't flirtatious or, or he wasn't like negative. It was just like, look at the tall blonde. Okay. Dance. (laughs) And it was just like, he had to check me out. And it was so funny. And then I also saw John Corbett, who was another huge crush of mine, except John Corbett was wearing um, this all like crushed purple velvet suit with lots and lots and lots of uh, a suit. And he's 6'4". And it was lots of necklaces, like lots. And Interesting. He was not what you would expect. But I, and I liked him still. And, he, and then he left. He checked me out. And then he left. And then I saw him a couple months later in Santa Monica. And the same thing happened. He like, checked me out. And then it, nothing happened. So I was like, oh, well, I guess it's not meant to be. <laughs> See, when I was in college, I worked at a restaurant in um, Malibu on Pacific Coast oh, Highway. And right. Charlie Sheen owned the restaurant. And yes. I was, you know, college person from – I went to Pepperdine. And uh, movie stars and famous people used to come in all the time. And at first it was like, ah, ah. And right. sometimes – like when Deborah Winger came in with her wow. child with Timothy Hutton, wow. Timothy Hutton wasn't with her. I was like freaking <laughs> starstruck because it's Deborah Winger. You know yes. what I mean? 
but there were people that would come in and, and after a while you just sort of got used to it and never once did I think oh my god these any of these people I, I just had zero like expectation that any of them would even look at me other than to say I'll have the pasta carbonara you know what I mean like because <laughs> um, I was just this kid you know with mm-hmm. a little I don't know I don't know. It's just, it was interesting <laughs> to me. I was just sort of uh, in there, sometimes flabbergasted, sometimes just like, yeah, I'm going to make a couple hundred bucks tonight right, exactly. pay my tuition. Yes, you know what I mean? Exactly. But there were, there were sometimes, um, a few times, and some people, like, I will say this, Charlie Sheen was, and probably still is, the most generous person hmm. one of the most generous people i've ever come into contact that's with that's good to know um and he's two months older than me so that was kind of interesting he had already done platoon and wall street wow when i worked at this place and and another guy ran the restaurant um a guy named anthony who's just amazing and charlie would pop in and just over tip like over mm-hmm. tip like can i get a corona here's a hundred bucks like yeah. like that kind of stuff you right. know what i mean yeah and, uh, you know, get go buy some books or whatever. Like, right. how's school going? You know, really, really lovely person. And I remember one time um, Anthony asked me to come in a little bit early for my shift um, because Charlie was meeting someone in the restaurant and could you, like, you know, be there while it's happening? I'm like, sure, okay, I don't ask any questions. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy to have this job, you know? And uh, I go in and Charlie was there and he met with a – a young girl, probably like 13, maybe who was, she had cancer Mm. and it was her make a wish to Mm. meet with Charlie. Wow. And there were, there were no cameras. There was no news crew. You know what I mean? It was him. And he was, he was leaning in and looking and listening and hanging on her every word. And I thought, okay, that always kind of stayed with me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Charlie went down a path, obviously and yeah. he's sober now, which I'm just so happy about, but like, that's a special kind of person. If you ask me, right. um, I don't know his politics. I don't care. I just, I'm just talking about the inside. Right. Um, and then, you know, then there were a lot of them. Emilio Estevez was lovely. I'm sure. Lovely. Yeah, he's, he's oh great. my God. Such a sweet man. It's so funny when you live, when college, you live yeah. in California, um, especially in Los Angeles, you see so many famous people. And it's so funny because, you know, I've talked about that before and people say that it's bragging. And it's like, why is it bragging that I, I, I'm not friends with these people? I don't know them personally. You just No, I, I, I served them a meal. Right. But they were nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we all. I mean, I, so I did more than serve Charlie a meal. I mean, I doubt he right. would even remember my, that I exist. Well, maybe he but would. But I remember what a generous and, and kind person he was. Yeah. And uh, yes. I, I, you know, yeah. Well that, and I mean, I had the opportunity when I worked on days of our lives, I had the opportunity to get to know some of these people, but I mean, I didn't really ever have famous friends. I had, I, I was always like adjacent of that kind of like the elite lifestyle. I, I, yeah. I, I was around it, but it wasn't my life. It was just something mm-hmm. I would step into. Like one of the most fun nights I've ever had in my life was there was this girl that I hung out with and she would get us to all these Hollywood parties and they were, they I always called them like, it was a B level. You know, it was, I went to, occasionally I went to A-lister parties. Oh my God, the best one though was um, Matthew McConaughey's, which I we have to talk about him in a minute, but Matthew McCann, McCon- was it Matthew? No, 
Was it McConaughey? No. Shit. Fuck. It wasn't Matthew McConaughey. It was what's his name? Um, the one who played. Uh, like he. I hate when I can't remember their fucking names. It's a guy from Cheers. The Bart. Woody Harrelson. Thank you. Thank you. My Woody- my my daughter's favorite actor of all time. Oh my god. Is that the cutest he, thing. Yeah. He Woody had Harrelson. The Loves best him. fucking party ever. But um, most of the time, these parties were not A-lister parties, but they were always in the Hollywood Hills. And, I mean, you'd go to somebody's house and you'd have valet parking, and it was always fucking amazing. But um, now I forgot the whole point. that I, what, What's my fucking point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that was going to happen when I, when I said Matthew McConaughey. I thought, don't deviate because you're going to fucking forget. But, did I did I ruin it for you? No, no, no. Dang it was it. me. It was me. But I all I know is that it's like when you live. But when you live there, you see them all the time, all the time. It's like God. When I mm-hmm. think back to all of the celebrities that I've seen, you know, if you're living your life and you're doing your thing, and you don't see them every day. But if you live right. there for thirty years or forty years or however long I lived there, it's like when you start counting them, I mean, geez, when I was, I think when I first moved there, my mother was friends with somebody. Actually, my mother answered William Shatner's fan mail. That was one of her jobs, but Oh my (laughs) God, your mom is like, I swear to God, the most interesting woman. She's, she's the equivalent of the most interesting man on earth in female form. Like that, that, of course she did. (laughs) She had a crush on him, which was funny. But, but her friend worked at some agency or whatever it was, and we got invited to these, uh, because of her friend, we got to go to these like softball games, and it would be like ha- the cast of Happy Days, the cast of Laverne and Shirley, the cast of Mork and Mindy, and so it was like I would go and run around with all these kids, and we would chase everybody for their autographs, which I really didn't give a shit about their autographs, but I would get them, and then I lost them. But, I mean, it was like I'd seen so many people. You know, and it's just, it's like, that's just a way of life there. You see famous people, but it's not a brag because if you just go to Los Angeles and live there, you're going to see them too. You know, it's like everyone sees them. (laughs) You too, you too can serve them a chopped salad. And you know what I'm saying? Like, honestly, all you got to do is move to LA. I remember, I remember now. It's going to happen. I remember what I forgot to say. So when, when my girlfriend, uh, who would get invited to all these parties. I don't know. She got us invited to one of these parties and we met this guy and he was the son of a famous, like somebody who owned this famous uh, deli. It wasn't Jerry's deli, but I'm not going to go into detail anyway. So uh, this guy, initially he liked my friend when we all first met because her outfit was slightly more revealing than mine. But then the next oh, night lovely. that we saw him, my outfit was slightly more revealing than his. And then he liked me instead. And he was being such a dick. And so we, you know, I decided at some point, I think I was around 32 and I thought, you know what? Cause he was totally laying it on thick. He was flirting with me. He wanted me to have sex with him so badly. So I thought <sighs> I am going to get whatever I'm going to, I'm going to take this as far as I can. And I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm Paris Hilton. And, and I just started making demands. And I'm like, I want a, uh, you know, I, we need a limo. We got a limo. I'm like, we need Don Perignon. We got Don Perignon. Whatever I was, I, and this is not my personality. Like, I'm not somebody who goes around making demands. But I just decided, fuck it. You know, I'm going to make all the fucking demands. And so I got to do it for one night. I got to pretend that I was like, you know, the Paris Hilton and whatever I said 
went. And then I never, you know, we never saw the guy again. I never did anything. But it was like, it was so much fun just to kind of have that attitude and make demands. And But it was awful because the girl that I was with was so insecure. And she, I've talked about her on this show before, but she described herself as a, bulim- a bulimorexic. And so she had anorexia, bulimia, and she drank. And um, she was so fucking messed up. She was so insecure. And because her outfit was not revealing and mine was and I got the attention the entire night she obsessed to me about how the how like I don't remember the words that she was using but she was clearly so upset that she wasn't the one getting all the attention she usually was the one getting all the attention and I didn't care because at that point I wasn't I didn't I wasn't an actor anymore and I wasn't trying and I just didn't give a shit because I thought everybody in Hollywood was full of it. And uh, and they would always fall all over her because she was so insecure and they would pick up on it. And it was just because when I would go to a party with her without when it was just regular people, no one liked her because she was so fucking vain. She was a sweet person, but she was so vain. But then in the end, you know what? She voted for Trump. So fuck her. Uh. <laughs> she was one of those white women who voted for Trump. Yikes. Because, and this is what she told me, Hillary lies. That's what she said to me. Okay. And I said, well, okay. then that's good enough Trump. for me. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead. Bye-bye now. Yeah, pretty much. And she said, bye. And it was like, whatever. But she also told me in a prior conversation that women had, uh, she, that she didn't like the women who had abortions as birth control. As if, like, women are just spreading their legs and going, oh, if I get pregnant, I'll just get an abortion. That's like, I saw somebody online say, well, I'm not going to brush my teeth, and when they all fall out, I'll just get, you know, replacements. I'll just get fake teeth. Who, who does that? Nobody. Nobody does that. And, and that's like, they, they don't use that logic. Maybe they don't brush their teeth and their teeth fall out, but they don't set, they don't set that in motion like, okay, well, when they fall out, I'll just go get new teeth. Nobody says that. Nobody says, oh, I'm not going to take birth control because if I get pregnant, I'm just going to go have this abortion that's expensive and uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, no thanks. Oh, my God. I'll pass. So evidently Matthew McConaughey's polling higher than Beto, who just announced he's going to run for governor of Texas. Did you see that? No. Yeah, and Matthew McConaughey's leading. I hope that changes over time. I really do. Beto announced, dang it. Yeah. I don't mean dang it, but I do mean (laughs) dang it, because I really would rather have. I know. You know who I want. It's the Castro brothers. You know, whenever, whenever you say the Castro brothers, I have to, sorry, I just have to say this. Uh, Bob always points out to me in the in, uh, Scarface, um, what's his name? Uh, what's Tony his name? Montana. Tony Montana. <laughs> sorry. Thank, thank you for being there for me when my mind fails. That's um, okay. <laughs> he, would always, he was always worried about the Diaz brothers. They're coming to get me. <laughs> and and whenever well, you I'll say tell Castro you what, brothers, the DS I always brothers think of the maybe DS going brothers. to get you, but <laughs> the the Castro brothers, they already here. And, okay? and they are fucking the and bomb. They, and and I am telling you what, I maintain this. They these guys, they they work so damn hard. They're so principled. Mm-hmm. They're so on the right side of absolutely yes. everything. Yeah. Okay. And they are. They are. They, they're. You know, they're young too. They just had a birthday last week. Um, they're under fifty. Yeah. Like I mean, sometimes I go, hmm. <laughs> well, 
I'm closer to, I'm going to be closer to, well, I'm, I'm officially closer to 60 than I am to 50. Right. Uh, I got a birthday in November and that's going to really put me over the edge. So <laughs> in terms of, in terms of that, that statement, but you know what? I don't view myself as like, Oh my God, I have like probably 20 years left in me of working and doing things. And yeah. who knows what that means for me career wise. Right. Yeah, right. These guys are young they're smart they're connected they're building that following they're for anybody that's paying attention in in politics they're household names they're future and so they're the future Mm -hmm. they're the future and i am i am in i am committed i am so like i cannot wait to see what (laughs) happens next but in the meantime like my husband and i had a powwow a couple months ago and we're like okay we're gonna get behind latino candidates Mm -hmm across the country yeah. period that's where like and that's where we like to um whether that's volunteering whether that's making donations whether mm-hmm. you know whatever right putting signs in our yard like that's it that's mm-hmm. what's happening because what is look at we're you're from california you spent the majority yes. of your life in california yes. i'm a californian who wh- what does california look like i know what does this country look like yeah right and so you know, I'll be patient. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm not going anywhere. And, uh, you know, good for Beto. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. And I'll tell you what, if I lived in Texas and if, if, is Matthew McConaughey running as a Democrat? I would assume, but we don't know very much at all about his stance on anything. I got to tell you what, he might I, I kind of hate, I hate that, um, you know, I ran with no political experience, but I ran for city council. Yeah. Right, exactly. I, um, not to say, I mean, that's a very, very hard job. But still, that you, is a you, very you tough go, job. You didn't run to be governor of California. But I, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about what who's running, and I mean, like we could unpack that whole thing. You know, white, a white guy with, you know, uh, I'm. I, I, <laughs> that's what's happening right there. Yeah. Right. You're not right. going to get some 50-year-old Latina who likes politics who's going to come in and go, hey, everybody, pay attention to me. Like, <laughs> he's got – it's just, it's freaking different, yeah. whatever. I think, you know, O'Rourke has put in the work, and I think yes. O'Rourke is qualified to run for governor. Yeah. And I hope I hope if it's just the two of them that he gets it. I really wanted to see Leon in that. I know. Well, you know, I mean, I guess but, he wouldn't announce it if, if Beto's announcing it. Then I, I would imagine Julian is not going to. But you know what? That's I, I, what I, I would think. But I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree with you in that I think that they're amazing. But I, I don't think that um, obviously, and I already know you know this, but they will continue to go on to do amazing things. And so, I mean, we could easily be seeing a President Castro. So, you know, I just, I just don't even, I don't, I don't know. I think good things are going to come They're Like you said, they're young. So there's so much that they can do. They're young and they're, and they've been doing this work their whole yes. lives. Like their mother, Rosie Castro, like, let's just for a moment, if you don't know who Rosie Castro is, check her out. I think what's her Twitter handle? Castro Country, I think, is what it is. Just Google. I mean, just just put Rosie Castro. Mm-hmm. This woman has been doing the work since she was in her twenties. Wow. In Texas, 
they're they're you know I've read articles and 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 you know listened to interviews. They say they they are where they are and who they are because of the work their mother has done because mm-hmm. of how she raised them. Like there, if anybody's got patience, it's a it's a it's a Latina in her seventies, okay? <laughs> because you know what I'm saying. And if yeah. she's still doing the work no and fighting yeah. fighting that fight, like <sighs> holy mackerel. So I'm I'll be patient. I'm not yeah. a very patient person, but I don't <laughs> have I don't have a lot of choice in the matter. Um, I do have high hopes, and and I do I do think that someday we will see a president Julian Castro. Yeah, um, I think I think we will. for our sake I hope I'm right. I, th- I for think our we sake will. as a nation and as a people I hope I'm right. Yeah. Um. Real quick, we have to take one more break, and we will be back shortly. Okay. <laughs> And we're back. Okay. Um, Yo. So, God, there's, first of all, I mean, I don't even know where to go with any of this, but um, number one, are you going to be marching on the second? Oh, please. In a handmaid's costume. Like, except, I have a handmaid's okay, head-to-toe costume. I, have I a may cr- even <laughs> do, like, some makeup on the mouth to make it look like my mouth got those um, those staples in it or the sewing oh, right, or whatever right, the hell right, they right. put on on some of the handmaids in season three. Wow. But I'll be able to open because I'll be screaming really loud. (laughs) Well, I was worried because my mom wants to go. And I I have a fear of two things, fear of COVID and fear of violence, Mm -hmm. especially in D.C. But my mom's just like, Kimberly, I'm going. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to. Except we can't take the metro. Normally when we go to any marches or whatever or just go into D.C., my mom and I, we always take the metro. I'm like, we're not taking the fucking metro. Fortunately, my mom and I are vaccinated with Moderna, and I just read that Moderna's the one that gives you the most protection at 93%, and then followed by Pfizer at 88%, and then I think it's uh, J&J is 71%. But they're all high. Like, they're all, they all give you good protection, but evidently Moderna's got the highest percentage, which is, my mom had Moderna, and so did I, so it's like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, visualize my mom and I being healthy and staying healthy but um i i can't help but worry because i don't know if there's gonna you know i don't know what's gonna happen yesterday they had that pathetic rally um for hate in dc and like no one showed up but there might be a big crowd for this one and if there is a big crowd i know there will be security but you can't control everybody and that's what concerns me so you know, I'm just going to go a little fearful. I got to say, I much prefer whenever I go to marches, I prefer to go to the small, like to like, if, like when there was the women's march, I went to the one in Santa Rosa because I lived in Santa Rosa and it was just so much easier than going down to DC and getting parking. And I don't like being in big crowds. I just don't like it. I don't trust people mm-hmm. even on a good day. I don't like going to uh, concerts for the same reason. And um, I just don't trust people because when I was at the Rolling Stones concert, it was their Steel Wheels tour. And I think it was uh, Axl Rose was right down below. I, we were in stadium seating. And so obviously this Guns N' Roses open for them. And Axl was right. I don't know what seat I was in. Like, let's say I was in row 20. So he was standing on the ground right in front of us. And he did something that pissed off some concert goer. You know, it's one of the people in the audience. And a fight almost started but it didn't but it's like when you're in a situation with lots of people sometimes it's just that quick spark 
and it ignites the crowd and they turn violent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm a chicken shit. I know I am, but I am, <laughs> but I'm going anyway because I'm not letting my fucking 74 year old mother go into DC by herself. Even though she totally you would. can do this, wear your mask and just be safe. I am, but it just scares me, you know, I know. And we do have to, we do have to really pay attention to the possibility that things could go violent because I remember when I was at the March, the first one in 2017, um, some MAGA guys got up in my face and I was like, I made the decision in the moment. Like I could probably take a punch to the face. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to back down, but I, I was willing to, that was stupid of me. Don't, I I know it's dumb, but like this guy would have, he was one millimeter away from wanting to hit me in the face. Mm -hmm. And he called me, um, uh, an ugly dyke. That's what he called me. Yep. Wow. See, that's mm-hmm. what scares I'm like, me. I'm like, you'd be so lucky if I was even remotely interested in someone like you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. bye, yeah. out of my way. And he got right up in my face. Yeah. I should have, I should have just not said a word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's just it's, not worth it. It's just, it's, it's not just... worth it because here's, here's what, here's, here's how we make change. You know, what's the will of the people? Mm-hmm. And how well can we organize? Yeah. It's not how mouthy can we be right. back to these, you know, exactly. double digit IQ, you know, I follow whatever, you know, what is, what's, yeah. what's Trump saying today? Okay, great. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. We, what is the will of the people? There are more of us that believe that abortion is healthcare. There are more of us believe that um, uh, housing is a human right. There are more of us who believe, you know, all, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we just need to organize better than they do. That's yeah, what we have yeah. to do. And we remember how exhausted we were in 2017 when we were talking mm-hmm. to John Pavlovitz. Remember, yes. oh, we're so tired, John. Yes. What are we going to do? Oh, oh, my God. It's, 20, it's almost 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Did you but hear But guess it? what? Huh. I'll just take a nap because I got we got to fight. And we have to organize. We, do. we have to we beat do. them I, at this game. We have to show up for just so that they'll understand that we're not – going to take this shit but i just have to tell you have you heard about john pavlovitz did you see he had a tumor removed well yeah I, did he already have it removed oh i thought he oh, okay maybe it's coming up I'm i don't sorry. know i, know I honestly he, i don't know but it's benign right yes it's, benign, it's a brain tumor he's gonna be okay it's yeah a brain it's, tumor. it's a brain Jeez. tumor and it's so funny though because this guy that i talked to not too long ago um on Facebook because I, I, I think I don't, I, you know this and everybody listening to me knows. So I've got that olfactory hallucination situation going on where I smell smoke. And, um, so this guy from Facebook who I'm friends with, he and I talked because he told me he had the same thing and it was because he had a brain, he was the same thing. It was a benign brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Jeepers, creepers, um, creepers, creepers. That you don't have a brain tumor. <laughs> it's like, please no, please no. And uh, although, I mean, I can't tell what's going on anymore. I, I mean, I still smell smoke, but I, I don't smell it as often. And I still do think it's hormone related, but I'm not sure. And at some point, I'm going to have to have my nasal polyp taken out, which is going to be so much fun, and I can hardly wait. But I heard that it changes your voice, so I might, I might have. A different sounding voice, which maybe be would like, be better. Hi, welcome to the Smart Me Up podcast. I'm Kimberly Johnson. Oh. Hopefully, it would be better because I, I can tell. 
I can tell that it's a little bit nasally sometimes, and uh, and so I think that maybe if, if that's removed, it'll get rid of that. But I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but it's it's just it's kind of that also freaks me out. Like I don't want to have it removed uh, at this point in time, just because I feel like I don't. You know, the when I went in to see the doctor the last time, he was wearing the mask, and he was telling me that he was worried about the Delta variant, and then. Like when I came home a couple of days later, I got this note or email from that office saying that they were, uh, you know, imposing restrictions because of the Delta variant. Like you, no kids were allowed unless it was a kid patient, and you know you weren't allowed to bring anybody with you. There's certain like there's only supposed to be certain amount of people in the waiting room at any given time. So obviously I know they're taking precautions, which is good, but it's because they're worried. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick and tired of being fucking scared of COVID. I'm so tired of it. But it's like, you know, Bob is always saying we, we spent all this time staying healthy and making these sacrifices. And the last thing you want is to get it now. You know, I mean, like when there's kind of like, hopefully I'm thinking maybe by the spring, I think we might get this under control because kids will be vaccinated at that point. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, who the hell knows what's going to happen with boosters? I don't know. Right. Whatever. But I'll get a booster if they say that I should Me get too. a booster. If they say that I, I do don't what they it. say. Yes. That's exactly I it. do exactly what they say. But it but it sucks because it's like we're just constantly. I mean, I, everybody makes their own choices on how they're, you know, their risk, what they're comfortable with risking. And I'm just mm-hmm. I, I feel like since I'm already a, a homebody. I'm not the most social person in the world. It's not that difficult for me to make some of these, you know, sacrifices, but I want to go out to dinner. I'm not going to do that at this point. Hopefully by the <laughs> spring. I mean, I figured by now that's what we would be doing because we thought, okay, we're getting vaccinated. Things are going to start returning to normal and to a degree they have. But oh, with the mandates, and I like that Biden is like, get ready there's more restrictions coming assholes <laughs> it's like i just love him he is he too. is turning out to be one of the greatest presidents Fabulous. i love no fucks to give i love that he's just like i'm gonna do the right thing and i don't give a shit what you say about me i don't give a shit about my poll numbers what i care about is the people and so i do think we're gonna you know we're gonna i don't think the it's never gonna go away but i think we're gonna get a handle on it but until then it's just it's so frustrating it's just so terrifying how, your mm-hmm. kids, your kids have both been vaccinated, right? Oh yeah. So that that must feel much better. And it, it feels it feels a lot better. But what what's irking me is that my son my son's in high school, and um he goes he goes to public school in Berkeley, California, and mm-hmm. um he uh you know almost a couple times a week we get the there has been a COVID case reported and blah blah, blah and it's like. Demand that these kids get vaccinated. I know. I know. Vaccinate I know. these kids. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why we couldn't go? You can't go to public school without a whole list. No shit. Of vaccines. Yeah. This should be one of them. Period. Yes. Period. And uh, my daughter. Uh, my daughter goes. We live in Oakland. My son did a long story, but my son was a swimmer and a water polo player, and he did an interdistrict transfer out of Oakland into Berkeley because Oakland got rid of all the swim programs at his high school Mm -hmm. so he did a switch above board for anybody that's listening (laughs) because i live in an area where people really want to make sure we're not cheating right um trust me that came up uh 
while I was running for office. Yeah. Believe me. I'm sure Cause, it did. Cause, cause people got nothing better to do. Anywho, exactly. yeah. I digress. Uh, <laughs> um, so Penny goes to Oakland Unified and they have that stuff. Hmm. They are tight. That is yeah. a tight ship. Mm-hmm. It's really, really amazing. Um, but you know, soon enough, uh, all these kids are going to get vaccinated, and I, I imagine that's the direction that we're going. I, I, yeah. I would imagine, but who knows? Um, I know. Yeah, I know. It's pretty. It's pretty wild. So uh, someone, a friend, a friend of mine said something about you know, we can't force a person to get a vaccine, an, an adult. You know, you can't force no. a person to get vaccinated. No. But we can certainly restrict the hell out of the places where they're able to go. Yeah, and then give them and, the choice and mix, with, and mix with people who are. The choice is you know? they can be tested every week. If it's like a workplace scenario, because they're they're saying that you're being forced, you know, all the anti-vaxxers are saying you can't force me. It's like no one's forcing you. You have that choice. The the mm-hmm. the, the thing that you're choosing is whether you're going to be tested every week or get a vaccine. It's really up to you. And if you're and if it's a restaurant situation, then I guess it's just you can't come in. And uh, and I really do think we should. <clears throat> excuse me. I think we need to leave them behind. And I don't even say that in a way that's. In, in a way to punish. It's not about punishing the people who are hurting us. It's about we're not going to allow people who are denying science to have the final say. We're just not. Because mm-hmm. we, we need to advance as a society. We need to go on and hopefully do better and improve and all of that stuff and be healthy. And so, no, we shouldn't let the fucking idiots who are brainwashed by, <laughs> you know, Russia and fucking China who are infiltrating our social media and playing both sides of the vaccine debate. No, sorry. If you can't mm. figure this out yourself, then you get left behind. Tough shit for you. Well, here's the thing. It's like you live in a society Yeah. with other people. Yeah, not it's an island. Of, <laughs> it's rather irresponsible to think that you shouldn't have to just do this. Yeah. Or, or you, you can't participate in that society because we're sick and tired. Like... Uh, there's a guy I, I saw a guy on Twitter I'd never heard of him before and I I, I, I think his name is John Yang mm-hmm. um, does that name ring a bell I don't know I think I think um, I know what you're talking about uh, oh, sorry Jeff Yang okay I just I just opened up Twitter okay. Jeff Yang and he did this beautiful long thread that was you know his sister's a, a, a physician yes um, his parents are older his parents got COVID uh, the dad um, they they weren't showing symptoms but the dad got admitted and was isolated yes. and like it was a really long thing and it's like you know he used a word he said medical uh, you know healthcare professionals are shredded mm-hmm. by this mm-hmm. the, what's happening is the people who are caring for the sick people are also getting sick and so then what are we going to do you know, while you're in there exactly. on a ventilator because you refused on principle because you didn't mm-hmm. want your liberties taken away. I know. And yet, and you know, kids are getting sick and dying. Like, kids are getting sick and dying. Kids, young kids under 12 can't get the vaccine. And they're getting sick and dying in states all over the country, mm-hmm. but in predominantly in states where right. disgusting governors mm-hmm. – are not allowing them to wear masks Mm -hmm. in class or where, you know, they're, they're defying the mask mandates. Like what is this country? I know. 
it's just well it's going into you know we've got a huge portion of americans who genuine they genuinely want autocracy they genuinely want white supremacy and fascism and this is this is the pro-life party i know they don't want us to have access to abortion Mm -hmm. but um but at the same time they want to fight to not get vaccinated and to go to send their kids unmasked into schools so they can get sick and die and they can continue the perpetuation of this deadly disease that continues to mutate because they refuse to mask up and get the and get the shot it's mind-boggling it's it's mind-boggling it's a it's it's about control Uh uh-huh and the people who, you know, what's 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 most, uh, I, I almost want to say puzzling, but I'm not puzzled because the people who aren't getting the vaccines who are out there, you know, with their my body, my choice, the governors who are are are, are leading this charge have all had the vaccine, mm-hmm. have all had access to the best medical treatments if, in fact, they do get sick. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it, it's just so... Um, it makes me so sad. I know. I know. It's 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 upsetting. It's upsetting. And then the the other part of this is fucking <laughs> cancer patients, heart attack patients, car accident patients are being turned away because of people who are not vaccinated taking their beds. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like yeah. there there is such an injustice there. And it's you know, look, if you're a stupid fucking idiot and you choose not to get vaccinated, I'm not saying you don't deserve health care, but I feel like you need to get in line. If there is a cancer mm. patient or, you know, somebody who had a heart attack, they should be able to get ahead of the line because they didn't choose this. They didn't choose. I mean, OK, I guess one could argue if you smoked and then you got cancer. I don't know. I guess some anti-vaxxer could make that argument. But, you know, not everybody who has cancer smoked. Sometimes people just get it. I mean, fucking Sherry Jacobus got it. I think now, I think now she found out she's got another form of cancer. No. Um, although I think it's fairly common and not necessarily, and I don't know much about it, so please excuse me for not knowing much about it, but it has something to do with her throat or somewhere in that area. I don't somewhere in that area but i mean you know these people who who are refusing vaccinations are just fucking insane they're insane and you know it i also have to specify that it's not and i've said i've done this before but i i've got to be clear it's not just magas because you've got your you know your leftists i like hey Mooney gal who listens to the show he he picks up on certain things that i say and then he 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 comments them and one of them when i when I refer to these people of like the crunchy granola types, I think he, he wrote crunchy granola and it always makes me laugh just randomly on a post. He'll just write something randomly, but it's like the crunchy granola types aren't doing it because they're like, there's this one guy that I actually know. I knew him in person. Um, he posted something like, well, if you have a strong immune system and you're taking your vitamins and you're eating right. And it's like, no, this virus doesn't give a shit. You know, uh, Bob interviewed, uh, uh the brother of somebody who was like a a weightlifter and he caught COVID in early 2020 and then he got over it and he figured, Oh, well, I don't need to get vaccinated because I have antibodies. And then he got COVID again. And then I think he went into a coma. So it's like this, it doesn't matter how big and strong and how healthy you are. This is a fucking virus and it does weird things to you. You know, in some cases, 
you get it and you have it for a couple weeks and then you're done with it and it's over. But then again, we don't know what's going to happen a year down the line or five months down the line. In some cases, it won't be, there won't be anything. It'll just be like you got sick and you're fine and everything's over. But in so many other cases, there are the long-term effects, whether it's long-haul COVID or just, you know, you got it and then down the line, shit goes down. Your cognitive, you know, your, your uh, cognitive is, abilities are affected or your heart is affected or whatever, also, your fucking ability to, to procreate if you're a man. So, but then they're choosing. I just, I, I, I cannot believe. I, I, I say this all the time, but I feel like I can't fucking believe where we are. I can't fucking believe. Think about the excitement and that feeling in 2008 when Barack Obama won. And they were showing, you know, news footage from around the world. People dancing in the streets from all over the fucking world. Because America finally, finally, it's like, look, we put a black man in office. Yay! And we all thought, at least all of us who wanted, like, were hopeful, who had the audacity of hope, we were like, oh, my God, this is the beginning of a new America. You know, like, finally, we're going to see black men. Finally, we're going to get to see a woman. Finally, we're going to get to see, you know, the, the old white man. Sure, he, he can still be the president sometimes, but he's going to have to share it with a host of other people who are more representative of the makeup of this nation. And, you know, and as much as I love, love Joe Biden, I sincerely love the man. He's like the old white haired guy that everybody feels so fucking comfortable with because of patriarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like the black man was a very good president and he got us fucking affordable health care and he proved he proved because they they fucking made him prove that you throw a bunch of shit at him and he wasn't gonna fall into any kind of what he felt like would be stereotype he didn't want to be stereotyped as the angry black man and he was all, he was the no drama obama he he had no fucking drama nothing no scandals except for that tan suit the, the tan suit and when god forbid when he ordered dijon mustard and his elitist self but you know it's like but what that did it ripped that scab off the it was that underbelly of racism that's always been there but didn't feel comfortable because as a society we made racists for the most part feel like they couldn't be racist openly and then you know this black man comes along this incredibly smart incredibly intelligent eloquent black man comes along and does a fantastic job and they fucking lose their shit and then we get Trump. <laughs> oh god. Like, and then 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 covid comes along. So it's like how can when Obama was elected it really felt like it just felt beautiful. You know, I just I just remember mm-hmm. thinking I mean it, obviously you want to see a woman but I just remember thinking wow little black kids all over this country are looking at him and saying I can do that. I can be president. And they do. And, and I've seen it. Yeah. I I I I you are 100% right. 1000% right and that's what needs to happen. Yes. But now we need a woman, preferably a woman of color, but I don't know that we're ready as a country to elect her. I do think we have the numbers, but if I think the only way we'd be ready to elect a black woman or a Hispanic woman or whatever, a woman of color, is if we just get rid of the Electoral College, because I think she'd get the votes. But I don't know, with our current outdated system that really is meant to protect the older white man, um, specifically the older Republican white man, but 
I don't know if we could if, if she could pull it off. And it's not her fault. It's the fault of the electorate or at least the fault of a system because the more system. people voted for Hillary Clinton. And you know what? A lot of people I know a lot of people. I mean, of course, there was like her her diehard supporters um, that were always there for her. But there were a lot of people that maybe they didn't love Hillary, you know, as as a candidate. But they recognized, okay, well, first of all, she's better than Trump. Of course, anybody would be better than Trump. But they recognized that, okay, this woman is competent. She does a good job. But maybe they had some issues with her. You know what I mean? But she still got millions and millions of more votes than that fucking fraudster. Oh, my God. And that's like a nice name for him. I fucking hate Trump so much. I hate him so much. He's such a fraudster. And a mobster and an orange fuck face. And I hate him so much. I can't even believe it. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I I think, you know, holy mackerel. Um, I wonder about Biden. You said something a little bit earlier. Like, he just doesn't care. He's doing this for the people. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wonder, like... What's going to happen in 2024? I don't, you know, they're obviously, that's all being talked about mm-hmm. by those people, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 cause they got to have plans, you know, they can't just decide in 2023. Okay. So who are we running? Biden, you running again? Like mm-hmm. that's not, this well, he is all said the, he would, but, but like the, the amount of crises, what mm-hmm. is it? Crises, crises, I guess. The, yeah. the number of crises help me. There's a lot of freaking problems that <laughs> yes. they are that they are in that administration, the Biden administration, trying to deal with, right? Yeah. So we've got, you know, we've got abortion, we've got COVID, mm-hmm. we've got the voting John Lewis Voting Rights Which Act, the most we've important, got, the voting um, rights, yeah. We've got um, pathway to citizenship. We've got healthcare. We've got, you know, all. I mean, you name it, housing, mm-hmm. envi- Oh, I'm sorry, environment. Right. Hello. Yes. You know, I mean, just 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 pick one, right? Mm-hmm. We've got uh, is the DOJ yes. gonna go after Trump? Like, is is Matt Gates gonna get stripped of his yeah. committee um, positions, and is he gonna be taken out of Congress for right. sex trafficking uh, minors? Is that freak Marjorie Taylor <sighs> Greene gonna get removed for you know like helping an insurrection mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. like i mean well like pick your battle there are so many of them but yeah like in this moment you know when we didn't want biden we mm-hmm. wanted julian <laughs> we wanted kamala we mm-hmm. wanted elizabeth warren, warren. Yeah. we wanted all the other people before we wanted biden and my mm-hmm. husband was like honey don't fool yourself like we live in america yeah like you honestly i mean he was he he, believe me he loved all the other candidates too but he's like we live in this country Mm -hmm. and and it's gonna be the white old guy Mm -hmm. yeah that's the the, like stop stop and he wasn't you know it's not that he was talking down to me he was like babe this is yes elizabeth warren's amazing but no yeah no and i knew i knew julian was the best one Mm -hmm. but i also knew I was going to have to tap out at some point because there's no way <laughs> America's exactly. going to pick a freaking Mexican. <laughs> well, again, though, I think I think if we get rid of the Electoral College, then we can because Democrats get more votes. They just do. But we've got we this do. antiquated fucking Electoral College. It gets in the way. And not and, and not only that, we've got. 
you know, the, whether it's the right-wing extremism machine or foreign adversaries like Russia who are manipulating uh, our social media and can target those states, because that's exactly what they did in 2016, targeted the states that they needed electorally. So that's the thing. It's like, I think Americans are ready. Like, it scares me to think in 2024, I mean, Biden said he was going to run again. But we all know he's an older guy. We don't know what's going to happen. I hope he's feeling good enough, and I hope he can fucking do it. Because if it's Kamala Harris, I guarantee she's going to lose. And I don't say that because I don't believe in Mm, Kamala. I I would say that about fucking... My first choice was Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren would fucking lose. Hillary Clinton would lose. Because our country is too fucking... It's it, we don't have enough of the people, even though the majority of the people want, you know, the Democratic leadership. Again, it is rigged because it's electorally rigged and, and we've got the cheating. We've got the suppression. That's why these fucking voting rights bills are crucial, because if we can get rid of gerrymandering, and I swear to God, there's a lot of other things in the bill, whether it's dark money, um, I can't, you know, v- uh, voter ID. I swear to God, if we can just 24 hour voting, 24 hour. There's so many things. But if all we were able to do is get rid of gerrymandering. I think we would win and then we would get a majority and then we would go and address all the other shit because I I mean, I would love to get it all done in one bill, but right now we don't have this great big majority and we've got, you know, several Democrats. It's not just Manchin and cinema. There's a couple other Democrats that are kind of standing in the way. So we just need a bigger majority and then we can get all the rest of it done get dark money out. There's no way we're going to get dark money out right now. Joe Manchin wants it too much. His vote is too important. And I don't know if they're, you know, my mom, I was talking to my mom and she's got this theory, a hopeful theory about, and I'm not, I can't repeat it because I don't know enough about it, but um, she's explained it to me, but I just didn't, I didn't grasp. There was one thing that I didn't grasp when she was picking, so I can't really explain it. But long story short, she thinks there might be a path to getting Manchin and Cinema on board because they're both for the new bill. The one um, there was for the People Act, and then there was the one that's replacing that, like the Voting Rights Act or whatever they're calling it. Um, so it's a little bit watered down. And even Mansion and Cinema got behind that. But the big thing is the filibuster. And so my mom does think that they can carve out something like a, a reform for this particular piece of legislation where it's not getting rid of the filibuster, but it's just doing the talking thing. And maybe it would be Kamala Harris who would be, you know, then you'd only need 51 votes because I do know this. Cause like my mom was talking. She's like, first of all, Ma- uh, Manchin who thinks he's hot shit is running around now. I can get 10 Republicans. I can get 10 Republicans and everybody knows he can't. And so Schumer's like, fine, go get him because he knows he's not going to be able to get him. And then he can use, um, I think, and this is where I'm not sure, uh, perhaps it's the, um, I don't know if it's the infrastructure bill or the um, reconciliation, but one of those, one of them that they, the Democrats can use to say, all right, Joe, all right, cinema, if you want X, if you want to go back to your constituents and say, hey, I got you X, you got, you got to do this thing with the filibuster just on this one piece of legislation. We're not going to get rid of it. We're not going to reform it for everything, but we're going to reform it for this piece of legislation. So th- I don't, and, and I'm so I could be a little wrong here with what my mother's assessment is, but it, the long and short, she's like, you know, a couple of weeks ago she was like all filled with doom. So now she's like, mm, I see a path. There might be a path, but we got to get that because if we don't get that, everything else falls apart. 
all of it, Mm -hmm. abortion, all of it. It's like as much as, you know, obviously abortion is huge and it's important, but if you don't have democratic leadership, it's gone. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Climate's gone. All of it's gone. All of it, all of it, all of it, all of it, all of it. That's why I think, um, you know, women, we came out in droves Mm -hmm. in 2017 and and we started something. Okay. And now, you know, women and pregnant people Mm -hmm. are not considered equal. Nope. Okay. We're host this bodies. Is about, this is about control, host, host bodies. Yeah. Love it. Oh my <laughs> God almighty. Um, so it's about control. Yeah. It's, it's not about, it's not about life. No. This isn't the pro-life party. Come on. These people don't give a They're rat's so ass. Shit. Yeah. They don't want you to wear a mask and get a vaccine so they can control you. Yeah. You're too dumb to see that. And I think they also, I think they also want to be able to say, look at how many people died on Biden's watch, even though they are not getting it. They're not getting vaccinated and they're, they're being, uh, they're doing it on purpose and then they're going to blame him Mm -hmm. because that's how they are. They make no sense. I don't, I, I, they, oh my God, I, I I don't even know how much more time we have, but but let me, let me just say (laughs) women started at all in 20 on January 21st, 2017. Yes. Yes. Okay. And now, and, and there was a blue wave because we got people Mm -hmm. on board. That was the will of the people that was organizing. Mm -hmm. That was people working their butts off and going outside of, you know, like, Hey, look, I live, Barbara Lee is my Congressperson. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, like that ain't changing. Exactly. We got yes. it going, you know, we've got it going on here. And but Barbara Lee doesn't take a break ever. Right. She runs unchallenged most of the time, but she's working on behalf of the people, mm-hmm. not just in her district, but across the country. You know it. She was the sole holdout against the Iraq yes. war. I mean, like we yes. this is this woman is a champion of human beings. And and so she she sets the example, but encourages us to go outside and to get on board with the folks like Andrew Jans, who mm-hmm. had the who had the guts to run against Devin Nunes and who came real close. Yeah. And and so, you know, we need to look outside of our district, our blue district, and say, okay, how are we going to organize to get the Angel Laras elected in, in, in California's congressional district number 21, running against people like David Valadeo, who have a, you know, a very tiny little margin of, I don't know what, success over a district that is just ready to turn blue. And all we got to do is make that happen a bunch like we did in 18. Let's do it again. We've got to yes. hang on to our lead in Congress. We got we to gotta take it. And, and really, you know, I mean, I hate that we have to rely on people like Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. I know. Kirsten Cinema. What? Yeah, I don't know. Who Kirsten. cares? Um, <laughs> we need we need to expand that lead. We need to look to the Charles Bookers in Kentucky. We need to get behind. Yes. You know uh, the the Mandela Barneses. Yes. And 
and we need to really look outside of our bubbles and go, okay, how do we help? Because this is bigger than just us in our spot. We got to look out and, and look at this country and where can we help and where can we lend a hand? And you don't have to go there to make it happen. You just got to be willing to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. I was part of that movement with the Latino Victory Project and with the Latino Victory Fund, helping to turn that in Georgia hmm. and get Ossoff and Warnock elected yeah. in the state of Georgia. That's people coming together. That's Latinos, that's Stacey Abrams, that's all of these different groups coming together and saying, what is this common goal that we're working toward? Mm-hmm. And how do I, how can I lend a hand? I did it from the seat in at my desk in my bedroom. Yeah. I did it week in and week out and made those phone calls. You don't have to have money. You got to have a working cell phone. Right. And you have to, and you just have to figure out a computer and internet service and say, how can I help? Where can I lend a hand? Because that's how you that mm-hmm. that's part of the movement. Mm-hmm. That's the will of the people organizing and making change. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then may I walk? Well, because I'm heated. I'm still. <laughs> I'm in a nightgown. Everybody get that visual, okay? I've had three cups of coffee, and I am and I am committed to this cause. And we are we are women who have big mouths mm-hmm. and who are tireless in our efforts to to make the good things happen so that everyone we don't just want people to we we don't want we need access we need to make we need to change it all we need to see um you know we need to see kids at, at, at at all public schools having access to the same things that Mm -hmm. the ones in the good zip codes have exactly right we need people uh, of color and people who are living below the poverty line to know that they have access to health care, who, who don't have to make choices. You know, there, there's I, I mean, I don't I don't want to start going down a path because we've already been doing this for an hour and a half. But like, you know, you know, have you ever heard of Michael Tubbs? He was the he's the former mayor of Stockton. OK, yeah, youngest right. mayor, yeah, youngest yeah. mayor in the history of mayors. He he's he's a champion of. Um, the universal basic income right and the child tax credit Mm -hmm. that that is changing lives Mm -hmm. right you give you give parents who are 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 you know whether they're single moms or people you know working three jobs at a minimum wage Mm -hmm. having to make really critical choices about well do i do i put dinner on the table tonight or do i make that rent payment right and do i hope that lunch is being served tomorrow at my kids public school mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. when you give people that income so that they can bridge those gaps mm-hmm. and that their kids can have full bellies so that they can learn so that there's dinner on the table yeah. and rent is being paid yeah. and the lights are on and they have internet mm-hmm. so their kids can do you know that's how you empower um people who have been ignored and who have been uh, yes. marginalized for generations, right? So we're seeing that stuff happen. Like that good stuff is happening. Um, I, I just I feel like if we can just all get out there, and those of us who have the the luxury mm-hmm. of a, a education mm-hmm. and a job and a, and a warm place to sleep at night and all that stuff, like we have to step up yeah. for those who don't have those things. Yeah, absolutely. It's incumbent upon us to do that. And that's why that's the, it. Yeah. Like what you were saying, just making phone calls. It's so easy. Everything is always just all there for you. You get your little training, you get your script, 
And, you know, always, I always like to remind, be nice, always be nice. Even if you meet, if, even if you encounter always a jerk. Always be nice. Thank you for your yeah. time. Yes. Always. I wish you the best. Right. And even if they're a jerk, you just thank you for your time. And, um, and then it, it, it doesn't cost anything except for your no. time. It costs no. you a little bit of time. And it's like, I've always done that. Some, some elections, I've done it more than others, but I've always done that. And, you know, it's like, because, and I have gone to, I, I went to both of the women's marches. It's just that at that time, when I was, uh, they were happening when I lived in Northern California. So I went to places that were obviously not like, I didn't go down to San Francisco. I didn't go to the big city marches. But that's mm -hmm. partly just like I said, I, I have this, I don't want to call it a fear of crowds. It dis, it's a distrust of crowds. I, I, mm -hmm. I just have this thing. But still, it's like, it's good to participate, but it's really important, I think, to participate in donating your time to calling people because yes. it can make such a difference. And it, as we see in so many, whether it was 2017, 2018, 2020, it has made a difference. Grassroots effort is like everything. And I want to say this. One thing, too, about the dark money, about, you know, some people are like, we need to get dark money. I'm fucking fully on board. But I will say this. Dark money did not help in 2012. It didn't help in 2018. And it didn't help in 2020. And it wasn't necessarily dark money that got Trump elected. It was interference and help from, you know, I mean, unfortunately, Hillary had all this fucking baggage that the, the Republican Party stacked on her for decades, and it stuck even with liberals or even with, if they called themselves progressives, but whatever. Um, she had all this baggage because she's a woman who's been in politics for so long, and she's also incredibly smart and incredibly uh, established in, in, in who she is and what she does. So, of course, there was going to be this big push to keep her out but um, I don't know. I just, it's so important that all of us, I'm, once again, I'm losing my train of thinking because I'm, I'm darting off into 50 different subjects all at once in my mind. And then my well, mind that's goes, how well, we live. Yeah, I know. But it's, it's so important that we step up to that effort and say, you know, make those phone calls because that's what it really comes down to. Showing up at the marches is good because that, that gets people motivated and inspired and it makes people feel like, oh, I'm not alone there are more people like me out there. And so it, it makes a positive difference and it is inspiring. But the real, I think the real um, work that makes the difference is when you get on the phone or if you knock on doors or whatever it is to, you know, help people to the polls, things like that. Um, especially if, if there's all this suppression, but like, let's just, let's just hope, uh, please, please, please. Can we please get rid of um these, you know, or I should say, pass these voting bills. We need to pass these mm. voting bills because if we do that, I really think we can win, and we can get a bigger majority, and then we could just make sure to, you know, fix fix the things that can't be fixed in four years. You know, right. it's going to take longer to fix what's going on. So I don't know. We'll see. Right. And I, I know. And then you know, and and we're we're a patient. Uh, yeah. You know, we 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 had to be right because we're yeah. we're we're women. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know and we got i got i can do this yeah i can do this i can do this because my mom's tired yeah and i can do this because i want my kids to see a world where um you know people really are all on the same mm -hmm. level playing field mm -hmm. 
And maybe God, we're I hope not, that. Maybe we're not going mean, to get exactly there, but we can get a lot closer, and we can we can make it so it's easier for people, whether they're poor or people of color or women or whatever it is, disabled people, all the people in, in our society who have to fight a little bit harder because it's stacked against them or a lot harder because it's stacked against them. Mm-hmm. I think we can get there. I think human beings are just imperfect and we're never going to have that Star Trek utopia that I just don't, I don't think we're ever going to do it. But I think that we could, we could get to a place where everybody is happier. We could have a universal income. We could have, you know, we could get rid of poverty. We could, we could get rid of it. But oh, there are organizations. I have a friend who runs a, a, a group out here in California. It's called Golden State Opportunity. Their existence is to put an end to poverty by 2035. Like there's a it plan. could happen. It could it happen. It can happen. Yes. But you got to take care of people. You got to give people opportunity. People who have just not had opportunity by design yes. have yes. been deprived of opportunity for generations. Mm-hmm. For generations. Right. Yes. Um, just, oh, God, mother just, of God. I, just, I mean, I thought, and I know we're going we're gonna to end this, but the last thing I'll say is I wrote this in my book, American Woman, but it was like when I was in my 20, like say 18, 19, early 20s, um, I was not political at that time. Although I did vote for Bill Clinton and I think that was in 93. Wait, wait, what, when would, when did, 91? Did he become president in 92? No, he ran in 92. Okay, he ran in 92. So, that was right around the time I started. I mean, I paid attention because my girlfriend was all about Bill Clinton and I was not political at that time. And she was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Bill Clinton, this Bill Clinton, that, but, um, and I voted for him and I voted after that, but I, I wasn't always paying that much attention. That's why I wrote American woman because it was for, for me, I wanted to write to my younger self, like, okay, you need to realize why it's important to vote. But even though I wasn't paying attention to politics, Geraldine Ferraro had been, you know, the vice presidential nominee. I just assumed that as we progressed in this nation, we were just going to see. I figured that by this time there would have been at least one or two black women presidents or, you know, a Latino woman president or. Oh, right. I just figured that that was the direction we were going in. And, you know, and now we're still at a place where because, you know, your your husband and the woman at my grocery store, the black woman at my grocery store, she's like, no, we need a white man. We need a white man because our country's so fucking stupid. Now, he only said that as practically. He's like, Steph, we live in a racist. But that's what that's what she was saying. And, you know, I mean, she understood it. You know, she she was like because she loved Elizabeth Warren at the time. She did not like Kamala Harris. She likes her more now. But. You know, I don't know who her. I think her favorite was Elizabeth Warren, but she's like she goes, "I love her, but no, no." It's and she at that time it was like it, it's either got to be Bloomberg or it's or it's got to be Biden because they're old white oh men. Oh my God! When people were saying it's got to be Bloomberg, I, I wanted to like I, know, so did I. I wanted to ram my and, and head who, against who the wall. Who fixed who fixed that problem? Elizabeth Warren. Did. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Oh, she shut him down in real time on national TV at a debate. That was one of the best moments of my life watching her shut him down oh my god she oh oh god talk about balls of steel that woman i fucking bow to her i bow to her she didn't miss a beat (laughs) not a beat 
Oh my I'm, I'm going to YouTube that. I'm going to look that up just to, just to fire myself up for the rest of the day. Oh, oh my God. hell yes. Well, this is a good thing to end on because it's very positive. And it's like, yeah, I mean, Elizabeth Warren, I just love that woman. But she's a ballsy <laughs> fucking woman. And uh, oh, I, I, I just, so oh, much. she's Liz. so great. Liz. <laughs> and let's not forget that when Julian, and I'm sorry, when Julian Castro took himself out of the race. Yeah. That was a tough day for me. I'm yeah, I'm sure it was. That. I'm sure it was. I mean, and I the next the day, way. and the next day he was at Elizabeth Warren's side. Yeah. The next day. Yep. Yep. Remember when we saw that? I, I think uh, there was a picture of the two of them hugging in, in yeah. Iowa when they were both in the race. And I'm like, that's the ticket. Literally like, yeah, that's right. the ticket. But that was the ticket. I know. That would have been the ticket. Mm-hmm. And you know what? But I mean, again, I, I'm so happy because, like you were saying, Biden was – none of us, so many of us, did not want Biden, um, and, and for various reasons. But he really right. has stepped up, and I think that he's – I think that he's doing a phenomenal job. I'm very happy with him. I trust him. I, I wish the American people were a little bit more open. And, again, I'm going to say I know that the uh, popular vote shows us that the American people are on board. But we've just got this antiquated system. And the thing is, is the antiquated system allows the racists and the sexists to win. And so it allows cheating. It does. It allows and cheating. And the only way they yeah. can win is through cheating. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And so, yeah, I do think America is ready for a, a huge, big change. But right now, we're still unfortunately dependent on this system that protects the, the, old, the older white man. And, you know, mm -hmm. and I know it's like Bob always says, people want it because it's a patriarchal society and men are still the majority of power, whether it's business or politics or whatever. There is just this illusion that a white man is the best person for the job. It's a grandfather. It's a patriarch, all that stuff. And, you know, we've I mean, been it, conditioned to believe that. Yes, it's a conditioned belief. And whether we even rucking, I was going to say really or fucking and I said rucking. But whether we realize that's a realize, <laughs> whether we realize it or not, uh, we a lot of us are conditioned to feel, oh, well, I feel safer with the granddad guy. And, you know, and then, of course, he gets in and then the Republicans want to pretend that he's, uh, you know, Sleepy Joe or whatever they fucking call him. They're such assholes. But anyway, um, I'm just so glad that you had time to, to be on the show today, because first of all, we got to do the show on Sunday, which means that uh, it's almost like I get a day off tomorrow, even though I'm going to do some of the work tomorrow which always just kind of makes it fun and unique and fresh. But of course, talking to you is so easy and I could just talk to you all day, but I know you're still in bed and you got to get out and do things. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, Hey, I, I hated to even create that visual. I never, ever, 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 ever am like, you well, know, you have totally like chalked up no, nothing for, you know, on a Sunday, I'm usually out and like yeah. Doing something by seven o'clock in the morning, literally on a Sunday yeah, morning, yeah. Um, because there's so much to do. But guess what? We're chilling today. We're gonna cook some pizza in the mm. backyard tonight, and we are going to just, uh, you know, tidy up the house and enjoy each other's company. And and that's how it is. Well, that's what we're doing today. But I am on. gonna put clothes on. The Emmys are on tonight, so we're gonna watch that. But I, you brought up pizza, so I just have to say real quick. I haven't been able to enjoy pizza for a long ass time because I'm, um, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm lactose intolerant. It's just that when I have dairy, I get cystic ac acne. So I found this pizza. I think it's by Sweet Earth, 
and it's it's the vegetable pizza. It's fire roasted vegetables, and it's got a little bit of the fake cheese on. But for anybody who's like, "Ooh, fake cheese," you wouldn't even know. There's very little. It's just you don't even taste it. But it's the whole fucking pizza. I'm so excited because I just found it and I had it twice this week. Um, I had it last night. But the whole pizza is 620 calories. That's it for the for whole, whole thing. For a whole pizza? Yeah, it's smaller than a regular pizza, but it's, it's substantial. It's enough that if that's what you eat for dinner, you're full. But it's got all these fire-roasted vegetables on it. And, oh, my God, I'm so excited because now I – because, like, Bob always gets every once in a while on a Saturday – if I don't feel like preparing both of us dinner, because that's like the only night where I make dinner for both of us, if I do it. If I don't do it, I'll get him a Paul Newman's pizza. And I always want it so much. I always want that pizza. And it's like, I can't have it. <laughs> and so now I found a pizza yeah. that's really, really good. And I can eat it without feeling completely guilty. So because there's just a few sprinklings of the fake cheese, but it's like fake mozzarella. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you can't even... You wouldn't even notice, and I just sprinkle a little Parmesan cheese on it. It's so fucking good, so I'll just end on that. But before we go, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, hey. <laughs> at Steph for Oakland. And that's F-O-R. At Steph, F-O-R, Oakland. Yay. Follow I would, Steph. That's on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, this was fun. Thank you. I, I love talking to you. I miss you. I know I miss you too and um, so you can find me on Twitter author Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y don't forget that extra E plus I have books on Amazon check them out if you like them and if you've read them please give me a review because I need reviews also if you like this show please review it on Apple iTunes whatever it is please and thank you and thank you Steph so much for being on I love talking to you me too until we meet again (laughs) until we meet again my dear have a great day okay you too bye bye thank you thank you (laughs) 